Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where you get to hear us tell you all about murders that intrigue us. I'm Mercedes. And I'm Cindy. Thank you for listening to last week's episode where we examined the 24-year imprisonment, rape, and torture of Elizabeth Fritzel by her rapist daddy. This week's episode explores the psychopathic crime spree that resulted in the mutilation and slaying of the Mother Teresa of Harris County, Georgia. Our podcast is not recommended for children. We will detail graphic scenes and graphic violence, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and please give us a five-star rating. While you are there, leave us a comment telling us which murder intrigues you. So, hey, Sunny, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Just super excited. It's Friday, and we get to do this again. Yes, our fifth episode. Yeah. Hey, and um, we appreciate Shannon for being our very first Patreon supporter. We love you. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so um, this week I did it again. I just um, I wanted to find something no one has ever done in a podcast before, and so I just put in random keyword keyword searches, and almost everything I put in, somebody had done, you know, like random things like suitcase murder. There's a suitcase murder out there. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, actually, a couple of them. They've been done. Yeah. So I typed in ch- church murders, and you know there are a lot of church murders, but I found one. Um, that was is obscure, and I was surprised that that no one has featured it on a podcast that I could tell. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you about the murderous rampage of a guy named Adrian Robinson from Hamilton, Georgia. Not to be confused with the NFL football player. Exactly, and you know when I type and and listen, they lived in the same area for a short time. Both Adrians were in the same area, so when I typed in Adrian Robinson and. I was like, well, no, 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 wrong guy. But it came up a lot. Not the same guy. Not the same guy, no. My guy is, um, his name is Adrian O'Neill Robinson. And he was born April 22nd, 1977. He's the oldest of four sons. His parents, uh, his mother is Patricia McSears. And his father was Henry K. Robinson Jr. They had never married. But they were, they lived together as a family for a long time, and they loved their boys. They were very much involved in their lives. In 1985, they split up, but they were still amicable. They still had an amicable relationship, and they shared custody of the boys. They were... They were just really good parents as far as, you know, you better get good grades. You better, you know, be involved. They were all four boys were involved in wrestling and the dad was a wrestling coach. He was involved in the wrestling. um, They were involved in the wrestling community as a family. It's a great sport to be involved in. It is. And and we both know that we both know that it's a tight knit group and mom, dad, everybody's involved. Yes. Um, our guy, Adrian, he was a good student. He excelled in the wrestling program. He was um, the double A state champion in his weight class in 1995. So uh, he was he was a 135 pound weight class. Okay. He was not quite, a big guy. Yeah, not, not a big guy. He was a little guy. But he and that was his senior year too. He graduated from Harris County that year, 
And, and where exactly is Harris County? Harris Miami? County. Yeah. Okay. I meant to tell you that. I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding me. It's about 45 miles south of Columbus, around 90 miles um, away from Atlanta is what I found. It might be a little bit further from Atlanta. So it's but south of Columbus? It's a little bit south of Columbus is what I read. Yes. So it's close yeah. to Florida. Yeah. Okay. All I right. think so. Um, so... After he graduated from from high school, he decided he was he wanted to be a biology teacher. He ended up going to Norfolk, Virginia. He attended classes at Norfolk State University and Old Dominion University. He only attended for three semesters, and then he got in a little trouble with the law. He, I don't know if he got involved in drugs or alcohol or what, but he ended up getting arrested for forgery. Okay. Uh, so he got arrested and he was let out and they gave him a trial date. Well, he never made it to the trial. He never made it to the court okay. that day. So he just kind of ran. So forgery as in he was... I believe he, he wrote a checks? check. Yes. Okay. I believe he forged a couple checks. So there goes his dream of being a biology teacher. <laughs> <laughs> he had bigger dreams after that. But anyway, he ended up leaving because he didn't go to court. Yeah. He Not dropped. that we're... Just being disparaging, is that a word? Yes. Against it's teachers. It's a great word. Right. No, we're not. No, not hey, at all. Hey, we feel you, sisters and brothers. <laughs> okay. All right. So he ended up, uh, he eventually wound up in Stanford, Connecticut, which is what where I connected him with Adrian Robinson, the other Adrian Robinson, the NFL player. Right, but that's also the but pirate also, murders. Yes, the pirate murders. Yes. There are a lot of connections that I made that with would other be episode episodes. Episode three. Yes. The pirate murders. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Make sure you check that one out. So he ended up in Stanford, Connecticut, and he married a woman named Patricia Point du Jour. And they weren't married for long. They had a child and they ended up splitting up so for some reason they they got it they split up and divorced she said um well i'm going to come back to what she said don't let me forget to come back to what she said so I'm gonna, okay, put that in your pocket. okay yeah i'm going to put that one in my pocket he ended up moving out and moving in with an, another guy he ended up getting a roommate and not long after they moved in together the roommate ended up calling the police on him because he had assaulted his roommate. He beat the guy in his face pretty badly. And then he ran across the street and broke into the unoccupied. <laughs> he broke into the unoccupied sheriff's substation. Okay, he broke the window. There was an unoccupied occupied sheriff station yes was it supposed to be a substation like a substation so you know yeah we have them all over yeah and i'm guessing they were not open that (laughs) night i didn't realize they closed and i don't know if it's um you know stanford connecticut it's on the water so maybe it's touristy maybe they only have it open certain times of the year is my guess there it's on the water substation i'm gonna take a look it's on long island sound (laughs) and i know the substations around me and i'm not gonna tell you where that is right now but (laughs) those are closed right now are they yeah some of them are yes okay Uh Okay. yeah so that you know sometimes they're only open when it's when it's a tourist or yeah i have a friend my my friend's mom works you have a friend i'm so glad i have a friend she her mom works for the sheriff's department and she actually works in a substation 
So I'll have to ask. Yeah. I'll have to ask Loretta. I would imagine that the glass on those things are pretty hard to break. But this man, Adrian Robinson, really needed to get into the police substation. I think this one might be a trailer. Okay. <laughs> it didn't say. But what I... Oh, yours. Loretta's <laughs> substation. Okay, it's a trailer. Hey, I've seen a substation trailer, I think. Yeah. Hey, I've seen a mobile substation. Okay, like on wheels. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway, he ran across the street. This is their house, incidentally, was across the street from this unoccupied. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was across the street. You don't hear the sirens. You don't hear the right? sirens. <laughs> okay. They're after us. Ooh, they're after us. Okay. <laughs> he runs across the street into this police substation. He breaks the window and it cuts him up pretty badly. But he, he goes in and he uses the phone. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Okay. So in the meantime, the roommate calls the cops like, dudes, he just beat the shit out of me. And then he ran and broke into your police substation. Somebody needs to get here immediately. Um, the, the police arrive and Captain Richard Conklin, who happens to be the, the captain of the police station there. <laughs> he said that when he arrested Robinson, he had blood all over the place. So he had some serious cuts. Was they, the bloody from beating his friend? That he didn't say that, but he said the cuts were so serious that they ended up having to take him to the the emergency room. We'll we'll get to that, oh, but wow. but he he said that um, this captain said that Robinson seemed very confused, like he was on drugs or some other substance, but then kind of not really on drugs. He was just not right. So he said that he, you know that he needed to use the phone. He said when he's like, "What are you doing? Why did you break into the substation?" And Adrian Robinson said, well, man, I needed to use the phone really bad, and I couldn't use mine because my roommate tampered with the phones, and they're now tapped. Oh, so he's losing his damn mind. Yes. So he he's a little bit crazy. So, you know, the cops are like, oh, this dude is crazy. They arrest him and charge him with assault and, ba- um, assault and burglary. But before, he, of course, they take him to jail, they take him to the hospital. He gets a number of stitches. Like, he really did a number on himself breaking that window mm-hmm. incidentally or he was he was treated he was taken into jail he was eventually given probation for the incident that he served okay okay so once he got off did they get him psycho- psychiatric help it didn't why he at this point his- not yet not okay. yet okay so he's still um there's it, some psychosis going yes on. there is something right it's obvious to me but you know, when you go and you look in the newspapers and you look at court documents and stuff, that's it's kind of hidden, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, shortly, he like acted. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Thinking he doesn't have like. He's not prior military. He's not. Or no, there's nothing he's, like that going he on. He is. He's still rather young. He's. Um, well, he was born in '97. This incident occurred in 2002. So you do the math quickly. Cause he was I, born in '97. '90s. I'm sorry. 77 okay 1977 i'm just kidding okay shortly after the 2002 incident in stanford connecticut he's like man fuck this place i'm moving home so he moves back to hamilton georgia he's got this great idea he's going to start his own business okay this is kind i'm sorry don't mean to laugh but to me it's laughable but he decides he's going to open adrian's Adrian's world Adrian worldwide shipping okay he's going to ship office supplies 
you need office supplies, you contact Adrian. <laughs> Worldwide shipping. Okay. Okay. All right. That's this, original. Um, so he moved back home to Hamilton. Was he going to be the Georgia. next FedEx? Hey, no, he's going to go shopping for your office supplies, and then he's going to ship them to you via overnight shipping through UPS or Oh, whatever. so he was yeah. like like a ship. I'm not type. sure what his plan was, but it was grandiose in his own mind. Okay. He ended up renting an upstairs apartment in Hamilton where he planned to like make this business thrive, and of course it failed. Uh-huh. You have the internet, you know, you can buy stuff cheap online. So Even was in he like a personal shopper for office supplies? I don't know. It didn't say that. It just said that he wanted to open a shipping okay. service for office supplies worldwide. Adrian Worldwide Shipping. And it was just office uh, supplies. Just office supplies was what I read, yes. Okay. All right, gotcha. So, of course, you know, he doesn't make enough to pay the bills. So he ends up unemployed. He's working odd jobs to try to make ends meet. It's not working. And he has to move back home to dad's. All right. Not a pleasant thing, I'm sure. Now, the chief of police of Hamilton, Chief Kohlberg, said that, you know, the um, the Robinson family, you know, they were well known. They were active in the community and the wrestling program. It's a very, it's not a big town. Right. And, you know, that um, Robinson had been arrested twice on minor theft charges, but they didn't think anything of it, you know. So just a dumb kid. prior to the, to him committing this final act? or Yes, it was after act? he moved back to Stanford in the time that he's trying to open this business, he's got a few um, minor theft charges. Okay, all right. No further details on those anywhere. You know, who knows? It could have been a pack of gum or, you know, a can of tuna. I don't know. Um, it could have been boxes or postage stamps i'm not real sure but he was arrested twice on minor theft charges no big deal the chief of police did say that a lot of people in town really liked him they thought he was harmless but he was very eccentric like he had some odd behaviors he might be walking down the street maybe talking to himself or just you know just weird things but no he's a harmless guy that was a grave mistake on their part because he proved to be extremely dangerous on March 23rd, 2003, he and his father get in a fight. And he was overheard arguing with his father. He says something about, you sexually molested me. What? And then, yeah. And then he proceeded to put 16 bullets into his father. 15 of those went into his father's face, into his father's head. So he, Holy shit. And it, um, he, it turned out he used a 30-30, am I saying that right? 30-30 uh-huh. th- uh-huh. rifle 30, 30, uh-huh. and then a 22-caliber rifle. So he used, both the guns were his dad's. So he, and he used both of them. He used both guns, father. yes. Shot his father dead. Wow. Um, accused his father of sexually molesting him, sexually molesting him. So... All these gunshots, he's riddling his father's face with bullets. And the next door neighbor hears all this. She walked out on her porch, Kristen Lemon. She heard the shots, walked out on her porch, and saw Adrian running. He ran around, she said, the father's ramshackle house into a swampy area. She didn't think anything of it. She's like, oh, oh, there he goes. You know, he's just an odd kid. No no concern about the bullets or the sound of the shots. But the shot... The shots from the guns 15, what brought her outside. 16 of them, yes. So 16 shots, and then she saw him running yeah. and thought... Yeah, she told out. police that she did not find anything strange about the gunshots or about seeing Robinson running away. 
Nothing. Now, there, his aunt and uncle, his uncle, I know, it's odd, isn't it? <laughs> She's an older lady, but I guess, you know, they live in an area where people might shoot their guns off. I don't know. I mean, okay. His uncle did live right down the street, and, his, you know, somebody had heard him yelling this. His uncle reported that he heard him accusing his father of sexually assaulting him. So he tried to step in and... Prior to this day? No, at that moment. Oh, at that oh, moment. Okay. Okay. And he said that Adrian ended up sh taking shots at him. He and his wife hid behind their Toyota SUV and the Toyota SUV got riddled with more bullets. Holy so he God. also tried to kill his uncle and his aunt. Wow. Before he went running. Um, now, what Christy, what's her name, Christy? Kristen Lemons did not say is that he was running with the rifles in his hand. Did she see those? She didn't say anything about that, but she said he was running. But when he's found later, he has the rifles. So he must have had them somewhere on his person. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, now, at this point, he's on the run. Uncle Eddie, Uncle Edward, Uncle Eddie, whatever they call him. <laughs> Uncle Eddie. <laughs> He, yeah, he ends up calling the cops. The cops show up. In the meantime, Adrian's hiking through the swampy woodland area about three miles. He comes up to Christ the King Catholic Church, and behind the church is a mobile home. And in that mobile home live two nuns, Sister uh, Philomena Fogarty. Am I saying that right? Yes, Fogarty, who was born in Ireland, ha and Sister Lucy Christophic. They were, they lived in this um, mobile home. They actually lived in poverty. They devoted their whole life to helping the poor and the needy. Well, they were married to God. Yeah, they were. And um, as a matter of fact, Sister Philomena was almost, she was about to celebrate in three months from this date. She was about to celebrate her 50th year being a nun. Holy moly. That is a long time. She was 68, I believe. Anyway, these two ladies she weren't... Been, she became a nun when she was when 18. She was, yes, yes. Wow. So yes, her I whole entire that. life, right? They were out. They ended up coming in and catching him ruffling through their stuff, right? At that point, he sees them. He pulls the gun on them, and he's like, I don't know. I can just imagine, you know, what he's saying. But he ends up... Um, Christophic sister, sister Lucy tells police that... Robinson took $900, then he tied them up and gagged them and forced them into their car, which was a tan 1995 Chevy Lumina. And at that point, he tells them to shut the fuck up and he starts driving and they're driving for hours. And they end up about 600 miles away in Norfolk, Virginia. Okay, so he's driving back to where he came from. Right. right, it's kind of like where he oh, went to college. Where he went to college. Right, okay, gotcha. right. So he just went somewhere where he knew. Now this happened. There, right, so this happened on Sunday, March twenty third, two thousand three. So he's driving all night. He's been. He's killed his father. He's um, robbed two nuns. He's bound and gagged them. He's he's kidnapped them, stolen their car. He's kidnapped them and driven all night to Norfolk, Virginia. So he's tired on Monday, right? He's tired. So. He has enough he has enough presence of mind to know that maybe the police are looking for me, right? I would think so. So just yeah. down some yeah. people and kidnap two nuns. Right. So he's like, you know, thinking to himself, 
there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to go. I, first of all, I can't leave the car to get these, you know, to go check into a room. He's driving around and he sees this guy near um, the Hampton Inn in Norfolk, Virginia. And he's like, dude, come here. So the guy comes over. The guy said, the guy told police that Robinson said, look, this is my grandmother. She's really sick and tired. We've been driving all night. I just tried to check in the hotel and they said that they won't give me a room because I don't have proper ID. Will you please go get us a room in your name and I'll give you 50 bucks. Here's money for the room and I'll give you 50 bucks. And the stranger does it. He believed that these two nuns were his aunt. Yes. That way his grandparents. Their grandparents. So I don't know if they were like, if you had them like, you know, acting like they were asleep in the car, but whatever, the stranger does it. Okay. Or he's a crackhead and needs 50 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, he might not have asked. Whatever the case is, they get a room. And somehow, Robinson gets these two bound and gagged nuns out of the car into a room without anyone seeing. And he goes into the room and he ties them up so that they can't, um, they spend the night at the Hampton Inn. Golly, what a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. Sister Lucy said that... Um, that Lucy. Sister Lucy. There's Sister Lucy and Sister Philomena. Oh, I missed the name Lucy. I thought... Did you say something else? To Sister Lucy. Fogarty? No. Philomena. Fo- <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Christophe. Oh, I'm, I, okay. I thought you said I call else. them sister. Listen, I was raised Catholic. We call them sisters. Right, sister yeah. Lucy, Sister yeah. Philomena. Sister Lucy is, so at the end of this, Sister Lucy's telling the police all this stuff. She mm-hmm. said that when they got into the ho- hotel room, the ho hotel room. The ho ho. <laughs> when they got into the hotel room, that Robinson tied them up so that he could get a little bit of sleep. He It says that he was able to secure lodging without detection or sus- 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 suspicion uh-huh. from motel employees at all. So... Whatever. He gets this far. Okay. (laughs) So. I don't understand how no one has made it. I mean, maybe. uh, Okay. Yeah. They made it this far. So 600 miles. He had to get gas somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, he had $900 in cash. Okay. And how did he go in? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm telling you right now. Someone kidnaps me. I'm going to shit talk to the end and everyone's going to hear about it. Right? They were gagged. They were bound and gagged, remember? And, yeah. Okay. So the next morning, he gets some sleep. The next morning, he's like, okay, whatever. He ties Sister Lucy up, makes sure she, he makes sure that she's still tied up. And he takes the other nun, the younger one. Sister Lucy is 72, I believe, at the time. And Sister Philomena is 68. Uh So he takes Sister Philomena with him and he leaves um, Sister Lucy in the room. And they leave. So Sister Philomena and and Adrian Robinson leave in the 1995 tan Chevy Lumina. I wonder why they split. Why split them up? I don't know. Maybe it was just easier to handle one over over the other. I'm not sure what the deal was there. I don't know what he was hmm. thinking. Well, now, you know what? And I don't even really know what was going on because I'm going to tell you some of the charges later. Because he slap lost his fucking mind. Yes, he has. He has. And he ends up driving around. We don't know what's going on. But Sister Lucy, in the meantime, manages to free herself. And she's hysterical. She runs instead of calling And she's elderly. I mean, I'm not saying that 72-year-olds can't get out there and run because there's 72-year-olds running marathons and I can't run around the kitchen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I just can't imagine how exhausted she must be. Right. And she's and she's hysterical and she's old. So people are gonna think, oh, she's off her rocker, right? 
she manages to okay. run to are they in plain clothes or are they in all the pictures that I saw of them, habit? they're in. She's called? not wearing. Neither one of them is wearing a habit. Okay. Any of the pictures I saw. Right, I'm not Catholic, Modern so. nuns don't really wear those anymore. Okay. They were very. You know, I'm going to get more into their roles in the community, but they were very, very involved in the community. Ugh. Um. I said um. Yes, I did. So she ran <laughs> frantically to the Hampton Inn. Don't say it again. Okay, <laughs> I won't say it again. She ran frantically to the office of the Hampton Inn, and the employees are like, what the hell? You know, she's off her fucking rocker. And they end up calling 911. The police show up, and she's like, we've been kidnapped. We've been, you know, we've been she robbed. Been we've been reported missing by now. Okay, so. Sorry, am I getting ahead of all Yes, so. The police are like, this lady's batshit crazy. We need to maybe take her somewhere, maybe to the hospital. And then one guy, one cop's like, look, maybe we should call Hamilton, Georgia Police Department, find out. I'm just saying. Right. So they do. And they realize that, yes, there was a man who shot his father 16 times and then abducted two nuns. Mm. Voila, we have a nun here. So now there's an all-out manhunt in Norfolk, Virginia for... Adrian Peterson. Right. Not the NFL player. Not Peterson Robinson. Robinson. Adrian Robinson. Oh, no, Adrian Peterson is the NFL player. There's also an Adrian Robinson because he popped up. Okay, I was thinking Adrian Peterson. Okay. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Now, so police know he's dangerous. He's armed and dangerous. They know this. Because the nun is also a little bit battered. She's telling stories that we'll talk about in a few minutes. Well, I'm sure you had to rough him up a little bit. They have... They do a media blitz on this guy. They, they, they put his picture out on the media. They have um, flyers distributed. They've gone from, they are like, they have flooded the community with cops everywhere. They tell the public, do not approach this man. He is armed and dangerous. So his face is out there, all right? They were not expecting an easy takedown. They're thinking, you know, this is going to be... This is going to be an all-out war. When we catch him, somebody's going to die. Right. He's going to die. He's going to die, right? He's going to come out of this alive. So that was Tuesday. Okay. All right. Early Wednesday morning, about 3.30 a.m., the um, police are everywhere, and one of them spots the 1995 tan Chevy, and there is, it has Georgia plates. It's it's their car, and there's a car chase. And you said it was Illumina? Yes ugliest car on the planet is it i can't even picture it but a tan car I mean, right yeah <laughs> really it's a nun car right yeah um It'd be like a tan town and country or something or t- town, town and car. country town car town car okay yeah, that's what i'm trying to say well there's there's a ch- car chase it ends up at a dead end but guess what there's a swamp there oh. and he gets away in a swamp this guy knows he his swamps, right? Professional swamp chopper. <laughs> right? Well, he might know some skills because the police couldn't find him anywhere. They never Where's ended the nun? The nun was not in the Oh, well, this is this gets good here. Okay. So he ends up eluding police. They have, you know, all I can picture is have you, I I don't can't remember the name of the movie, but the guy he like hides himself in the swamp and he has this like piece of straw or bamboo that he breathes through. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, okay. Yes. Right? So that's, or in Hunger Games. He does it in that, whatever. You said Hunger Games, I said John Rambo. Yeah, yeah, one of those. But yes, 
he ends up eluding them. So, but the police have the car and they discover a grisly scene. Okay. That's uh. okay. But they don't find a body, but they do find a head, two hands, and two feet. Right? Yes. They don't Shut know for sure. The front door. Yes. Head, hands, and feet. Of the nun. We, we don't know yet. Oh. They oh. just find this oh, bloody. Like grisly discovery. Well, there's a special place of hell for you. Right? All right. Now, not even 30 minutes later, police get a phone call from Virginia Beach, which is kind of like the neighboring city. Okay. And a security guard at an office complex there discovered a body that was missing a head, feet, and hands. The body was wrapped, the body was in a sleeping bag. Oh, I'm just trying to picture like what transpired. I don't even know. It never. I never found what he actually used to cut off these um, this poor woman's head, or but it was um, a bloody poor macabre head. scene. Yeah. Did he at least like put her out of her misery before he started to hack it on her? I don't know. I don't know. At this point. There's just a, it's, everybody's scared to walk outside, right? Well, yeah. Um, Some he's crazy missing. guy from yeah. where Georgia yeah. is hacking up people right. in Kill, Virginia. Shot his father in the head Jeez. six, fifteen Lost times. Me. Right. Um, Sorry, I'm a little okay. just beside myself over that. The next day, so the so there's a police search for him. They're not finding him, but the next night, the next day. On March 27th, at about 1.45 a.m., a, a Burger King employee, actually it's a guy who comes in and he does a cleaning after everybody else has left and the restaurant's closed. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he starts cleaning, and he realizes there's someone in there. Oh, hell no. It's Robinson. And when he came in to clean and do the maintenance, he recognized Robinson from the flyers and the news. And so I guess they had a, um, a silent alarm. So he hit the silent alarm to summon the law enforcement. Good job, buddy. But he didn't, you know, he kind of like approached Robinson and says, hey, buddy, you hungry? You know, let's eat. Maybe he felt like his life would be um, spared or, well, I'm in here with this guy. I don't want to spook him. Well, the thing I didn't, what I didn't tell you is that the gun, they found the rifle. They found one rifle in the car and one in the hotel room. So at this point, I don't know if he's armed or not. Well, if he yeah. cut the head. Yeah. He's, he what did he something. cut it with, right? Yeah, I don't he has know. Some we, sort of I never learned that, to be honest with you. And I looked. I don't know what he what he did. If he had an axe, or I don't know. Ugh. Whatever. Okay. They so don't this even guy know. Tries to be they the don't good. even know where he at this point where he was. Like he goes missing for twenty four hours at a pop. So he, so this guy, this cleaner, kind of befriends him, and they have a conversation. And he and he says that Robinson said he's. The guy who summoned the police, he's waiting for the police to show up. He said that Robinson and he had a chat and he said that he was telling me what happened to him, that his daddy tried to rape him. Uh. He said that he never once mentioned the nuns or where he had been all that time or the hotel room. Didn't mention where he'd been hiding. And the guy who was in the restaurant, James Bradley, when he realized that the police were kind of close he unlocked he strategically strategically he went and unlocked the door while robinson was washing his hands hmm. robinson realized what he was doing and tried to run through the door and james bradley kind of held him back to prevent him from running um, away the police did come in and it was very smooth arrest there was no gunshot 
And actually, one so of was the, he coming more lucid, maybe coming maybe, out of the psychosis. It could be. So he wasn't as um, delusional and violent. Could be absolutely or tired. I'm not sure. Huh. Um, one Seems of the, like the tiredness would make him more delusional. Yeah, could be. I don't know. He was arrested without incident, which was a huge relief. The yeah. police were expecting a bloody showdown. And one of the guys said, and I'm guessing he might have been a veteran, he said, it would be like if the Marines rolled into Baghdad without firing a shot. He was taken to the hospital for minor injuries sustained in his escape. So I guess he had some some in injuries. And I'm wondering if he got his ass beat somewhere along <laughs> the sure way. I'm sure he got you know? his ass whooped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. <clears throat> right. So he's charged with things in two different states, right? So in mm, Georgia yeah. charges well, Adrian in crossing state lines with a kidnapping. So the victim. FBI got involved yeah. for that. But the FBI kind of like dropped out when the states took over things. Really? Yes, and I'm an I, I think I kind of understand why, which I want to get to. Okay, so. I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. So Georgia charged a um, Robinson with murder. And I wrote murder, but I meant murder. <laughs> uh, murder, aggravated battery, six counts of armed robbery. Um, armed robbery, the commission of a crime. That was five counts. Six counts of armed robbery. Aggravated assault, two counts of burglary, two counts of false imprisonment, sexual battery, <gasps> kidnapping, and kidnapping with bodily harm. Now, did he rape a nun? He did not rape a nun. He touched her boob. I don't know if he grabbed her boob or what, but the document said um, touching a breast. So, not sure, you know. Was that a, ma'am, did he rub up against you? Yes. Charge. Oh, it could have been. It could have been. Or did he I, feel I, up a nun? Or did he, like, grab her by the boob and say, you know, I've got this for you? Or I don't know. I, I imagine different scenarios on that. It was enough. For them to charge him with sexual battery so and i don't feel okay so part of me wants to almost feel sorry for him if he really thought i mean to a point not i mean you just i'm saying i mean there's a special place in hell for someone who does this to a nun but i'm also I'm like was he in such a psychosis delusional state because of trauma that happened to him i mean why did he just all of a sudden think my daddy did okay this to me so Yes, and I had to kind of dig around for that too. Because it's kind of sad. Right? Yes. Um, now, Virginia charged... Well, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Okay, but Virginia okay. also charged him with capital murder for killing someone. And capital... I had to look up capital murder versus first-degree murder. So capital murder is when you kill someone in the middle of an abduction or kidnapping, or it could be killing two people within three years. So he had it twice, right? Now, is that just in... In Virginia. In Virginia. But they could count the Georgia one because it was in the commission of the spree. Right? Okay, gotcha. He also <laughs> got two counts of abduction, so he got the charge two counts of, of abduction. Now, the thing is, is that he pled guilty to all charges in both states. He just pled guilty. All right? Now, oh, that's damn. because they both states, both states wanted to go for the death penalty. Oh, so that's why he pled guilty, so he didn't get... Yeah, so uh, now they both wanted to... Um, they both, both states wanted the death penalty, but you have a nun and nuns are for life, right? They want, they, they believe that it's God's choice to choose when someone dies. You know, they're anti-abortion, they're anti-death penalty, right? Really? So Sister Philomena, yes. Sister Philomena, her whole life did not believe in the death penalty. 
she so her beliefs and wishes were honored when virginia accepted his plea deal so they're like okay you know what she wouldn't have wanted this so we're going to give him life it says here that this young man took the nun to an office complex and ceremoniously mutilated her severing her head arms and legs from her body and he deserved the death penalty but she would not have liked that right now, let me tell you a little bit about both nuns. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Even though people are murderers and they're in prison, a lot of those prisoners are God-fearing people and would probably, he's probably getting his own special kind of street justice or prison justice right now. Yeah, he might be, maybe. But he's also, well, we'll come to that. Okay, so... Both nuns were from the order of the Franciscan Missionary of Mary. Sister Lucy had lived in Pakistan, which is, if you think of Pakistan, it's right next to India. So think of like, um, Slum, what was that millionaire? What was that Slumdog Millionaire? What was, did you ever see that movie? Nope. Oh my God, it's mm-hmm. amazing. You need to watch it. Anyway, it's total poverty. Like, Mother Teresa was in India. Well, Pakistan, I mean, yeah. I know. And it's, know. it's, more of a muslim country than it is Mm -hmm. christian so she lived in poverty she had dedicated her life to providing services for the poor as did sister philomena she yes it is she had came uh, she had come to harris um harris county georgia in 1987 she had spent a long time in japan she served as a principal of two schools. When she came to Georgia, she started Focus, which is a fellowship that helped the poor. Um, she helped them pay bills. She helped them get food. She also started a thrift store where everything's a dollar. And she like used that Catholic money charity. to- charity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was very, she went to every funeral. Like if anybody died, no matter if they were Catholic or not, she would go to their funeral. She counseled jail inmates, and she went to every... Um, she really was the yeah, Mother Teresa yeah, of Harris County. And I read somewhere that that's how she originally had met Adrian Robinson, like through that that jail counseling, but oh, so I only they, saw that she one knew place. Him? I only saw that one place, so I can't confirm that, but I did read that. Well, and it said that that's, dad, it, it said that's probably where they knew each other. Well, but. and I can't imagine... I mean... You said it in the beginning, and Harris County wasn't, like, a ginormous. No. So everybody probably knew everybody. They had one, they had a county high school. That's it. And I believe they still only have a county high school. So right. everyone it's, knew everyone. Yes. Especially if they'd been there for quite some time. I can't imagine if they only have one county high school that they have, you know, five Catholic churches. Right, right. He also went to that church. Like his family was Catholic. Now, she was about to celebrate her 50th nunversary, is what I call it. Her family was about to come across from Ireland to help her celebrate. Like, there's a huge celebration for that. They had to come early because they came early for her funeral instead. Oh, Jesus loves me. Um, the Reverend, Reverend Madden, said she was a saint. She was probably one of the greatest women that he had ever met in his life. Now... About the sexual allegations against the father, the police chief said he disbelieved anything like that. He disbelieved the accusations. This was a respected family that is well known in Harris County wrestling circles, which to me means nothing. I mean, 
That doesn't mean It doesn't shit. mean anything. He says that the four brothers all excelled in wrestling, and their father was a strong presence in that world. He was well the, respected. Does the brother do the do the not does, does the no. no do the brothers collaborate that corroborate? Yeah. <laughs> no, I have not I'm seen like, that, that anywhere. Sound right. No. Mm-mm. Uh, now Henry was a good friend. I can't say that yeah. because of my look. Oh. Hashtag SPF yourself. Yeah. Henry was, and Henry was a dad. He was a good friend to many. He was a good father. He was a pillar of the community. And people just had a hard time believing any of it. Now, the state of, of Georgia, before they could take his plea agreement, before they could do anything, they had to make sure that Adrian was, I guess. Sound mind. They had a, Yes, they had to do a psych evaluation. Mm-hmm. So on May 9, 2003, he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. He was found confident, though. So, Well, because of you and I both listened to several different podcasts, and they talk about where, you know, being considered criminally insane or um, not competent, you have to totally, I mean, just because you're paranoid and you're schizophrenic does not mean that you are not of sound mind right and you know i think confusing for me because as a uh i guess a lay person not someone who's not familiar with that to me if you are in a paranoid state or a delusion or psychosis like a paranoid psychosis state you are not of sound mind right right but But then to shoot somebody in the face 16 or shoot someone in the shoot someone 16 times 15 of those times in the face i mean, I mean at what to point shoot a rifle oh. is or to just chop off someone's head and feet and that's not instantaneous like that takes time, time. well we talked about right? that with with our original headless decapitation yes, right yes yes. you know you, i mean it's yeah. not like a clean i did a little bit of research on paranoid schizophrenia and found some interesting details in a study by Hamlin, Coda, Cobia, and Rubin in 2012, it states that people with schizophrenia have an increased risk for violent criminal behavior when compared to the general population. Substance abuse is a primary risk factor for criminal violence, often aimed at a relative or friend seen as a persecutor. So the wife, remember I told you I was going to come back to what the wife said. Yes. She said that he, he started doing um, drugs and he turned into a totally different person. She said that he changed once he started doing the drugs. He was not the same person she married. She did not recognize him. What kind of drugs did they say? I mean, cause she honestly, never said that. Because never when he said first that. started, and I'm not a drug user, so uh-huh. I really don't yeah. know. But never saw what kind reason, of drugs. PCP. Yeah. Like popped in my head. Nothing. I wonder if he was like. I'm just wondering, was he even on drugs? But I know that because I never saw, like, he was never arrested for drug drug use or anything. Like, I don't even know if he was on drugs. Or did the drug, because the drug use maybe caused him to be in this. Yes. What I do know is that schizophrenia starts manifesting right about the age of college. Mm -hmm. So when he started having problems, yes. Um, it also the study that they did. They also found that parasite of a parent. A parasite means the murder of parents. Right. Is an act closely associated with schizophrenics, usually single males. The violence often really? stems from long-term verbal or physical abuse, including sexual abuse. So he could have been, or maybe you know, maybe it was all in his head. Maybe it was a voice telling him. I don't know. But well, their study matches. Don't hear voices. Oh, okay. 
See, I'm crazy. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I don't no, know. I'm thinking multiple. My sister would know. Shanna would know. No, they do hear voices. Okay. Well, because whatever can, the case, yes, he never said a voice told. He never said, "Oh, voices told me to do this." Some of them hear voices, but, because but yeah, paranoid schizo- or schizophrenics. Because I mean, there was a time where multiple so, personalities. DSM doesn't even use paranoid schizophrenia anymore. So yeah. paranoid is no longer like you're schizophrenic. You don't. They don't. They don't differentiate. Differentiates paranoid schizophrenia anymore. So. No, it's yeah. called, it, they, they'll I tell just, you the paranoid yeah. delusions. I just thought that was interesting that these parallels match. You know, like like it says that, you know, it's a risk factor for criminal violence aimed at a relative or friend. So he beat the shit out of his roommate that one t- yeah. time. Then he accuses his father of sexual abuse and ends up murdering his father. So you have the patricide there. Now, please don't send us messages about us not knowing about mental health because we're not mental health professionals and yeah we're doing our best yeah i just i feel bad for the guy really honestly well, that's what and I'm the whole saying. time that's what i was saying because does he really believe right. that? why is why are they letting him do a guilty plea if he's mentally you know if he has schizophrenia that's what i didn't understand um i still kind of don't like to me to me if he was confident they should at least let him plead guilty maybe it was because of that i don't know i don't know i'm not an attorney i don't know what i do know is that the the georgia and virginia governors agreed to allow him to serve his sentence in virginia virginia does not allow parole you can't get out once you're in prison you're there for your whole sentence really yes so that's why they agreed so he's serving time right now in virginia He'll serve his sentence, which is five life sentences plus 106 years for other offenses, including kidnapping, armed robbery, and aggravated assault. Um, He will have no chance of parole under Virginia law. So he's currently, right now, and I looked at this place where he is, he's at a place called Marion Correctional Treatment Center, which is an accredited mental health facility with low to medium security. Okay, so he's in a mental health facility. He's in a mental health prison, basically. Now, his family opposed the death penalty because he's mentally ill. His uncle said, you know, I love you. I forgive you. I want you to know that. So even his family knew that he was mentally ill. Now, in 2013. Did they have a history of it? I don't know. I didn't see else? anything else. But, you know. That's a, that, I mean. Actually, I did read that. That yes. if someone else. It, yes, it runs in the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't just happen. It started somewhere yes. along the line. Um, so he has been in prison since then, or not prison, but this mental health facility getting treatment. It, I did read that he is medicated. He's still there. He has no chance of getting out. But he has an opportunity to go into a general, to a regular prison, which is what he wants to do. He does? Well, in 2013, he filed an appeal with a Virginia Circuit Court in which he stated that his civil rights were violated when prison officials didn't get paperwork to him before an appeal deadline. So he wanted them to get paperwork saying that he was competent and well enough to go to a regular prison. Do you really want to go to a, a regular prison? I mean, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously he did. Or is it the uh, stigma of he, he wanted to he was trying to appeal an involuntary commitment order by Virginia court. His appeal was denied. Um, at this time, he is 42 years old and he's still in this Marion Correctional Facility. Well, my thing is, is 
I mean, is he being treated poorly? Is that why he wants out? Because I don't think he'd want to go to a regular prison. I researched this um, this place, and it's accredited. One of the things that I found was that they were under an audit because they had a high number of reports of sexual abuse. The auditor came, and I'm not sure that it was any more than any other prison, you know, but I read this report. They, Are there women and men there, or mm, just men? Yeah, I think or? it's just men, but I could not oh. attest to that. I mean, there's a lot of sexual abuse that goes on in prison. There know? is, and I'm not sure that sometimes somebody might not deserve it, as awful as that sounds, but I mean, whatever the case is, I don't know why he wants... Yes, right. I'm not sure why he wanted... Well, you know that, that sexual assault has nothing to do with... The, no, not in prison. Right. It's just gratification. It's gratification. So that's the story of Adrian O'Neill Robinson, as far as I know it. Well, damn. Yeah. Pretty damn, serious Adrian. shit. I wonder if yeah. he is I, I did like feel medicated so, to enough to a point where he is like, shit, what did I do? I think that he is. I think um, I think that's one of the reasons why he he pled guilty. He's like, you know, I did this and I'm gonna have to live with it the rest of my life. I mean, he killed his dad. He did. He did. And he was a smart, good kid, you know, who wanted to be a teacher. So he, he, you know, probably wanted to grow up and be a wrestling coach and teach science. Oh, I'm sure, you know? yeah, that sounds about right. So, <laughs> so that's all I have for today. Wow, oh, well, that was an interesting, traumatic story. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, Thank if you. you liked our story, please give us a, a five star rating. Leave us, uh, you know, say something anything we don't tell care. us what your favorite murder is yeah. it's your hometown murder yeah we we always like suggestions um and again we like to thank shannon for being our very first patreon sponsor yes thank you very much shannon we greatly appreciate it. and that. if you would like to be our sponsor you can do that at it wasn't me oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to patreon.com Listen, guys, we really need you to subscribe. If you like our show or if you know that we have great potential, please subscribe now and leave us a five-star rating, please, with a nice comment. Because we're sensitive. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and please give us a five-star rating. While you're there, leave us a comment telling us which murder intrigues you. We are so grateful to spend our Fridays together to share murderous stories. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us. We love you. And we especially love our very first Patreon supporter, Shannon Kelly. She is the extra. You too can become one of our beloved Patreon supporters. If you would like to support us even further, please visit patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. If you like what you heard, especially if you're an Apple listener, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a comment about your favorite murder. Thanks, guys. And remember, it wasn't wasn't me. me.